Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Earl Johnston from Hypatia Industries. I'm Jonathan Melville from MDD in Atlanta. I'm Patrick Harrington from Mile Geeky in Boston. And I'm Ryan Ireland from craftquest.io. And today... And, and, and I'm Michael Rogg from Top Shelf Craft. He made it. (laughs) Hey, Michael. Today, we are having a little roundtable discussion. It's something that we've been wanting to try out for a little while. And it's uh, the one year anniversary of doing this podcast. Can you gentlemen believe that we've been doing this for a year? Where does the time go? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the idea was we just get together and talk about whatever we wanted to talk about. And I I wanted to start off with something that I, I thought was really funny. So, Usually, uh, Jonathan and I do a decent amount of work together, but usually, in- unless it's something urgent, you know, he's not uh, texting me or contacting me. So I got a message from him and he said, can I, <laughs> can I call you? And I was like, well, I mean, sure. But then I'm thinking, wow, this is something important. Like, I wonder if I've done something wrong. You know, <laughs> he calls me up. He sounds like death. Like, he sounds terrible. And we, we chatted for a little bit. And then one of the sites that we worked on together uh, was the Barefoot Contessa website, right? And whenever the Barefoot Contessa, like, posts something on social media, you know, it's this massive, like, horde of people that are visiting the site. So what Jonathan tells me is that not only did she post something on Facebook, but she was on Good Morning America, and she sent out an email blast to announce her new book. <laughs> <laughs> and the Today Show. And the Today Show. And and Jonathan is like, you know, feeling like death warmed over. He's like, look, I just want you to I want you to just make sure the server doesn't die, please. Well, what was even worse is because it was announcing a new cookbook, which is she sells from that site, which is a commerce site. So, you know, I would look really bad um if she announces her new book and then it's like gateway not found or whatever because of the a torrent of uh, of traffic, so I was I was incapable to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> but amazingly enough, the the website. I mean, it was taking a pounding, um, but I w- was in there and monitoring it, and it, it's not even running on Craft Three; it's running on Craft Two. Fast on CGI 40- cache for the win. No, it's not even fast oh, it's CGI not. cache. No, it, we not we even- we tried to implement it, but there was a it was always a problem with the card. Like I know there's a way around sure, it, but it was yeah. just, um, it was, uh, at the time we just needed to get it done and we never went back and revisit it. So yeah, no fast CGI cash or anything. It does use Redis, uh, for yeah. some of the craft stuff, but $40 yeah. digital ocean box held up, held up just fine. Yeah. And, and wow. r- running craft two, like yeah. not even craft three. And I mean, I was super impressed. You know, I went in there to, to monitor everything, but everything looked good. Um, and with with craft, like when you use Redis, um, it'll use that for the sessions, which is helpful. But craft itself caches almost nothing. Yeah. Um, using whatever caching method that you you have set there, but I was I was very impressed, and it, it was an interesting nexus because I had 
someone else contact me about a, uh, I think it was like a six or $700 a month, uh, server that they had at Rackspace that was just falling over constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he's on the same amount of traffic, by the way, it was about, I think the tipping point for them was like 600 pages a minute. And it was just, and, and, and your $40 digital ocean box was just buzzing away with no problem. Right. There you go. That's amazing. So, well, you know, good, good job. Yeah. So jo- Jonathan, <laughs> I, I told him I was monitoring it and everything was okay. And so Jonathan just took a couple of shots of NyQuil and crawled up in his onesie and went to bed. Right. That's, that's exactly what happened. It it's went exactly, just like, yeah. just like, like that. Like you, yeah. yeah. It's like you were watching him do it. That's crazy. I yeah. didn't tell you about the camera. I've, got <laughs> I've noticed every time I talk to Andrew, the little green light on my laptop yeah. somehow comes on. I'm not sure if he's <laughs> yeah. hacked me or something. Let's not get into that. Well, what about you, Patrick? Like, you got anything uh, good that's been going on lately? I don't know. We ju- we just finished up a number of large projects. Uh, Can you talk we were, about anything? Uh, not really. It, it no. we're we're subcontracting, but it well, was what a the hell cool. you doing on the show? I know it, it, <laughs> it was our first time using Craft Three multi-site. I can say that. Okay. Um, worked really well. Some of the recent changes that have been coming out in the last weeks around multi-site have helped out quite a bit. Um, some of the stuff that I thought was going to happen. Uh, wait until 3.1. Brandon was actually able to move through really quickly, and it helped us out. Just oh, that's the to, structure propagation stuff. Yeah, structure being able to you know have its own structure, and not that when you move to a structure, everything lives in one. You know, kind of loses propagation and, and things like that. So that was a big help. Is that something that uh, you know you gave Brandon the tap and said, you know, hey, go take care of this for me or what? Well, yeah, Brad Bell had marked it as an enhancement. I'm like, ah, actually, this was something else that was legitimately a bug. Um, if you have uh, propagation turned on, but you're using like matrix blocks rather than just a rich text field or plain text, it wouldn't actually propagate the matrix blocks. It would do the basic content fields, but not things that are sub elements wouldn't get their own clones. Hmm. And I was like, ah, it's been sitting out there for a few months. I don't think this is really an enhancement. I think it's a bug. And uh, Brandon, like, like a hero knocked through it in like a day. Um, so it made their lives a little bit better when it came to content entry. Nice. And were these pretty kind of decent sized projects? So wait a minute, you said you were subcontracted. So another agency had overflow or capacity or you had a, a speciality yeah. that they needed or, or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, essentially we're doing development for someone else, um, for a larger agency and, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's why I can't get into too much as to what the project right. is, but no, it's good. It, it doesn't use craft commerce. It's a very specialized commerce thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was less than fun to work with, but, uh, <laughs> they always are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it was really cool. And yeah, we're looking at a, another project, hopefully that we're going to close, which is a big HIPAA compliance site. And we wanted to do it with Jat- Gatsby just because I'm still on a Gatsby high after that, uh, talk. You're still all jazzed up. Huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just want to do nothing but code a Gatsby front end right now. So nice. Yep. Very cool. How about Michael? Is it true you've been like in the witness protection program or something's been going on? I, <laughs> I have. I have. Um, no, I took some time after Dot All, which was amazing, and I uh, visited some some family in Poland. And through a confluence of poor Wi-Fi and not wanting to talk to anybody, um, I just have <laughs> been under a rock for a few weeks. Um, I've been, I've been working, uh, working real hard on, on craft three plugins, uh, on my plugin ports. Um, well, can you, I, I heard a vicious rumor. Can you confirm or deny that restraining orders were involved in your absence or there were no restraining orders at okay. any time ever 
placed by me or against me. Okay. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it was, it was a, a self-induced hermitification. I, I, I had really been wanting to just like get in the cave and hack plugins for, you know, a very long focused period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the little lull in client work after dot all, uh, was a great time to do that. I love plugins in craft three so much, right? It's much it's better. Isn't it? So, so much, so much fun, uh, to, to develop stuff on, on top of that API and, and even like just E2 as a, a framework, even in cases where I'm not touching craft at all. Um, I've been, I've been doing a ton of backend work lately. Um, like that's just the season I'm in. I haven't touched much. Are you a lately, full stack but, developer? You know, uh, decreasingly. So, the, <laughs> the, you know, the stack gets bigger and, uh, and I just, my, my personal opinion is like, like, like a full stack, de- full stack developer doesn't exist. Well, I yeah. have a, I have a sticker. Uh, to prove otherwise, um, <laughs> I have my web boss on my. No, it, it means everything. Actually, yeah, I've a got a sticker that says "Honk, I'm a unicorn." It doesn't uh, mean anything. Everyone knows you're a unicorn. Not, not with that attitude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you don't think unicorns have an attitude like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like lots of lots of backend dev, lots of like content imports and and API integrations and. Um, it's just all just so, it just feels so lightweight, uh, in, in E2 versus E1 doing some cool stuff with Alexa lately. Oh, um, nice. Some, some Alexa skills, uh, lots and lots of Algolia. I love, Hold on, we gotta, we gotta do this for anyone out there who's got an Alexa device. My, yeah, my Alexa just responded to me, Hold uh, on. as I started <laughs> talking about her. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> buy album. Alexa, play. All right, there we go. That's gonna me- that's gonna mess up a few people. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, lots of Alexa, lots of Algolia. Like, like my love affair right now is uh, what Patrick is to to Gatsby. I am to Algolia. I just really dig building search stuff so right is this now. Involved, um, this Algolia work is this involving a plugin or is this just custom stuff that you're it doing? Is involving Search Plus. Yes, yes. My, my Algolia work usually involves the Search Plus plugin, uh, which is coming soon for Craft 3. Uh, Would you like to make a public announcement? I, I Everyone knows that it's coming soon for Craft 3. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was supposed to have come several months ago, but uh, life happens. Right. Um, People and, get and restraining orders. Like, a lot of cool Vue, Vue.js work uh, ah, on top yeah. of like on the front end. Uh, so yeah, been, been having fun. Uh, been trying to like wind down the client work for the end of the year and really focus on, um, R and D and product stuff. So, and it sounds like you're enjoying that more. Yes. I mean, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the client work. Um, but, but there's only, you know, it's like when you're juggling clients that are in the midst of, of kind of high stakes projects, your availability to do the quieter, like headier stuff, like research new tech or whatever is just, uh, I can't find that focus as, as easily. And so, um, I tend to, to try to work in seasons, you know, like, um, 
when I get into R&D mode, I will try. All right, to. what season are you right now? Are you fall rog or spring rog? Or what I'm, I am hardcore pumpkin spice rog right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, dear Absolutely. God. Actually, actually <laughs> I, I have, because I said that, um, I am like, you know, I don't begrudge anyone their pumpkin spice, but I am also fully on board with all of the memes making fun of everyone for all of their pumpkin spice stuff. Um, and I was walking around in Whole Foods yesterday, and I stumbled upon some pumpkin spice protein powder. Are you and kidding I, me? And I actually... <laughs> what is, I, the, what is knew, the market for that? I knew... Well, it's me, apparently, because I knew <laughs> as soon as I kidding? saw it that I was going to buy it, and then as soon as I realized that I was going to buy it, I immediately, like, every single pumpkin, like, meme making fun of pumpkin spice people, like, yeah. they all just, like, flashed before my <laughs> eyes with me in them. Good. Like, yeah. one after the other, and and uh, in sort of nightmare fashion, and I put this pumpkin spice protein powder in my cart and came no. home and made myself a smoothie and worked on plugins. It was great. Oh. It's a good, it's a good life. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good life. October for the win. Yeah. You're like, you're like Cartman <laughs> getting all beefcake, right? <laughs> beefcake. <laughs> my goodness. Oh. So, hey, hey uh, Patrick, I want to ask you something real quick. So rumor has it that you were sent a special article of clothing Relatively recently, would you happen to uh, want to go into that? I think Jonathan knows a little bit about this too. Oh, well, this is what a couple of months back at this point. Yeah. Are you wearing it? No. Uh, oh, okay. What are you wearing? Uh, Disappointing. <laughs> I know. What am I wearing? <laughs> I have a bureau of digital t-shirt on now. I do have a nerdy shirt on, but okay. Uh, no, I, I um I was delighted and a little bit horrified and to find one day I had a custom made code kit t-shirt sent to my home <laughs> enough weeks after I had asked, after Andrew had for some reason asked me what my address was and I don't know why that didn't send off warning signs but <laughs> and you gave it the me. only reason I don't wear it on a daily basis is it is a, a cotton polyester blend mm-hmm. and it just is the itchiest shirt which makes sense it's code kit so it's the itchiest <laughs> most shirt that I've ever owned and I can't wear it uh, <laughs> and when you say this is a custom code kit shirt in in what way has it been customized for you uh, well i wouldn't say it's been customized for me I, I would say that such a beautiful thing had never existed before in the world <laughs> that's right <laughs> had to make and, one yeah he, i don't know if you did cafe press or whatever the heck but uh what did John, we use andrew i can't remember i, I, what I don't rem- i don't remember custom like, ink i think we use custom ink yeah, yeah, yeah you're the sounds right. John, every once in a while jonathan will like just out of the blue send me something random and I'll start laughing and say, we have to do it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and this I, is one of those things. We I, haven't I, gotten around to Andrew's required JS shirt yet. Or we're here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Andrew's still, and Earl, maybe you can tell us. Look at Andrew's dock. Is Coda still down in the dock? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was until five seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, I spent a lot of time trying to find a Coda uh, vector graphic or, or anything that would size up and be reasonably crisp on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. You know, for a, and Andrew's a, a a large man, a tall man. I would need a large, big old leaf on it. And I haven't been able to find one, but I've, I've never seen Andrew's mouse hand move so quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I have to remove that from the dock just right. now. No, and keyboard actually, shortcuts, Andrew. We, keyboard shortcuts. What you just said is uh, is apropos because uh, the T-shirt that I'm wearing says, "I am not fat. I'm bold." <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we got someone else here. We got uh, Ryan. Are you there? Are you present? I am present. Hello. This is the Ryan Ireland, the one who does all those fancy training wow. videos. 
So what do you what have you been working on lately, right? Uh, well, I live sort of like, I mean, similar to most of you. Uh, I live like a split life. So I do all, all of the, the training stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, there's the, there's that ongoing wheel of, of writing, producing, and publishing the training material on CraftQuest. And, but I've also been doing a lot of like behind the scenes fixes on the CraftQuest site. Mm. I built that pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, Andrew, you've seen the code. <laughs> and so it's, it all works, but it definitely needs some, some refinements. So I've been going through and refining things, making things just work better, smarter, more efficiently. Um, I did a big like account thing. So I created like different, an additional account level on the site and then had to redo all of the permission checks for who has access to which content. And then also um, sort of just wired up. Uh, I use like Drip, which is the email marketing tool that I use. Right. And so I wired that up um, with custom events. So you're, so you're kind of like the, the equivalent of the guy that is just out in his garage working on his own car, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, so, so anyway, so I have another part. I mean, that is kind of what I do, except I'm in an office that kind of looks like somebody's basement, but I'm in a barn. That's true. In a bar? In a barn. Oh, a barn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could be in a bar. We do have a beer. Usually Andrew is either in a bar or, or in a barn. Or in a barn. Yeah. But I do have like another part where I do do some consulting work because I believe that like you can't really teach stuff unless you're actively using it in a non-artificial way. Yeah, of course. So consulting work. And one interesting thing I've been doing is this pretty big data migration out of um, another CMS uh, that's also PHP based into um, Craft. It's actually Craft 2 because it's a older site that is getting updated with a whole new bit of functionality. Mm-hmm. And so just like thousands and thousands of, of entries with just like dozens of uh, fields and different relationships. So it's, it's been kind of fun, a little bit frustrating at times. The, the, the expression in your voice does not sound like it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> is this well, a CMS that's about to go open source? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. So, so getting data out of that, I mean, there's been, um, there's been like data challenges in terms of just making it all work the way we want it to work inside of craft. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot of like data manipulation sort of in between getting it out of expression engine, I'll just say it into JSON and then eventually into craft. So, um, but I like that I've actually done, I think I counted that in like maybe the last 18 months, I think I've done like 20 data migrations from actually from expression engine, believe it or not, into craft. Or we should and, hire him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this we're, has no, been we're, um, literally we're in the middle of, of something kind of like that. Right. Yeah. So we've got this old website that we are so our it, it's running like EE two seven three, something like that. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that we've left it there, right? Because it had uh, it had Cartthrob installed on it. it. Had all of these, you know, all these like horrible things, and we just kind of left it there. But it's at the point now where enough stuff needs to change that we want to at least get it on a new VPS, so he passes like PCI compliance. He's running like PHP five three or something like that, oh. and 
in the process of that, we need to upgrade the CMS to, we don't want to go to three. We don't want to deal with any of that nonsense, but to the latest version of two that actually will run on PHP 7. And we're also, this is a really old project. So we don't even have like a good development environment or workflow or stuff like that set up. So we're setting all that up. But it's, I mean, it's a real pain because we have to, it has to be running an older version of PHP. Mm -hmm. When we do the upgrade, then we can move it to uh, a later version. Like apparently the upgrade itself doesn't work if you're on PHP 7. You guys run into that? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, so, so actually, it's really interesting listening to y'all talk about these migrations from Expression Engine. I actually love running big site migrations from Expression Engine to Craft. Let's get Michael, um, do you have any time? So, it's, satis- it's satisfying, because, isn't it? Okay, so, so quick, quick shout out to the Walk plugin and also to the Legacy login plugin, both of which I wrote. Um, those, <laughs> we're not even we're not even those, doing that though. Those oh. help a lot, and then I also like. So once upon a time, Rob Sanchez wrote a plugin for Expression Engine called Deep, uh, which which may or may not actually be a plugin for Expression Engine, but it's it's like a library that exposes Expression Engine content as uh, eloquent as collections of eloquent models. Oh, um, really? oh wow. and and so I just built a framework on top of that that lets me like run walk commands against expression engine entries and categories and stuff and then with the walk command i can transform it however i want and save an entry and then it also kind of takes care of like knowing which uh elements come from which legacy uh entries and what was the last time they were updated and whether or not they should keep getting updated and overwritten or whether they're solid and so like i built this little migration framework on top of um rob's deep library and then i just sit there and run a bunch of walk commands against it and uh and then i use legacy login if there's a user base uh to like help help users authenticate and so like i've like expression engine has a clean enough schema um that that it actually like migrating from expression engine to craft has been a dream anytime i've done it right but here's here's the problem like i can understand how both of you would find it satisfying to update from an older CMS to something new, right? It's like uh, going in and cleaning up your room. You look around, everything is nice. What we're doing is we're going in and we're just picking stuff up and throwing it to another side of the room mm-hmm. because we're, we're just upgrading it to the uh, latest version of Expression Engine that is good enough to run on PHP 7 so that we can then dump it on another VPS. We are going to be doing like a full-on craft migration at some point, but that's not in the cards right now. So it's not nearly as satisfying. It's more like I don't know, Earl. How would you how would you term it? <laughs> I mean, I, I would call, well, it's a shit show is what I would say. So I guess uh, I, a, I empathize more with Ryan's case then, like doing these big imports of of thousands and thousands of entries right. and users and and, and that stuff. Would be like, okay, because it would be like, oh, we're moving to something new. This is great. You know, yeah, and I think we will eventually feel that enjoyment. <laughs> Maybe, but right Michael, now, what's what's been your experience with migrating legacy user accounts? My experience has been pretty straightforward. So, um, the big question in a project tends to be like, which user accounts get migrated? Um, if if there is a user base, 
And and it's like, well, do we migrate all the users or do we migrate them as they do something active, like log in, so that we, you know, the new site only kind of has active users in it. Um, so like, there's some some like UX questions around it, but in terms of the tech, um, I just use my legacy login plugin, and it lets it basically it basically it, it provides a controller for Craft that takes a username and a password and checks Craft first. And if the user validates, then it logs them in. But if it can't find this user in Craft, then it goes to the legacy database and using whatever you know authentication logic it needs to for whatever system is the legacy system, uh, it then checks the username and password in the legacy system. And if it validates, then it comes back and, and creates the new user in Craft and sets their password and throws some events in case you want to tack other logic onto that. Um, and so the end result is, you know, you basically sit there with your legacy users table running, you know, in parallel to your new craft database. And anytime a legacy user needs to log in, if they don't exist in craft, but they are valid in the legacy system, then they get moved. Oh, yeah, I think that's, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, sure. this is I hadn't seen this plugin before, Michael, and. Uh, I believe I'm going to uh, send you a gift card for un for nearly unlimited Starbucks uh, drinks. This is this is really cool. You solved I'll a bit of the I'll take it. A bit of the, a bit of the puzzle for me. Just send them a bunch of pumpkin spice. Well, I was going to say Starbucks powder. is like the pumpkin spice capital of the universe. So <clears throat> but Patrick, the reason why I have the damn Coda icon in my dock is for this site. It's for this site. Like I can't wait get rid of this thing i cannot why do you wait. need coda for... that's the thing yeah because because shut up god no because this, <laughs> this site was done so long ago that we just cowboy the thing like it we literally we are using coda or i am using coda i don't know what earl is doing uh to access the templates on this the server directly and just modify them yeah you know that's yeah, what it's it. there for you're good with DevOps. It would take you two hours to get it set up locally and and push no, out. No, that's we're doing we, now. we spent all day yesterday. Like, no, it's it's, around on it. it's it's really annoying because you know uh, we're we set Earl up with Homestead, you know, mm-hmm. to get things up and running, and it, it even has issues with um, PHP <laughs> five six, right? Yeah. Right, and and so we're like patching it together just so that we can run the updater. Yeah, right? it took it took like three homestead destroys to get the updater to run. Yeah, basically. and <laughs> I and just I kept screwing it up. <laughs> and what we're doing is we're we're going to be kind of replicating a, a strategy for migrating this thing because when we actually do the live server, we're going to have to do everything all over again from scratch so that the the migrations all run. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because I think you get don't you start to get squeezed by OS. Yeah, uh, versions because a lot of those older ones that run the older versions of PHP are no longer getting security patches. So a lot of yes. like I know hosts that just be like, "We're not sorry, we can't run that." Yeah, no, that's exactly what's going on here, right? It's an old CentOS box, um, and it's running PHP five three, so it fails the PCI compliance checks. Yep. And and you're right, like you you can't update uh, some of these things in place, so we just got to throw everything out and start all over again. But any new hosting that we acquire, because we're going to do it, you know, we're, we're going to need to spin up something, right? We're going to have to do the migration, like when we're ready to switch over, we're going to have to do the migration from scratch with the most recent data on our local dev. And then we're going to just have to push everything out 
uh, to the live server, switch the DNS and pray, you know? Yeah. And so it's going to be, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy these kind of things. I know that, uh, Michael, you might enjoy this stuff and I, I do like it I when do. I'm bringing it. I do enjoy it. You, you, I don't know. You got some sadistic masochistic streak or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I do DevOps all the time, but I, I, if there is an improvement that's being made that I like it, but if it's just like in this case, we really are just kind of like, you know, tossing the clothes to the other side of the room. Eh, that doesn't really yeah. do it for me too much. But the, the the best, I mean, the part about cowboy coding and stuff like this is that when it works, it's so satisfying. Like when we finally do spin that live, like after getting the migration steps down and stuff and spin it up and it works right the right. first time, because it's gonna. <laughs> right, but, uh, we're, but yeah. we're doing it right this time. Like we're going to oh, set up yeah. a whole workflow for yeah. pulling everything well, down. Well, so I mean, this will be, that'll be the last, that'll be like the last ripcord we really get to pull on this site. Is when we is when we uh, when we put it up, you know. And I know that excitement usually isn't uh, part and parcel with like web development, but uh, there's some actual stakes with this when we when we start up live. <laughs> yeah, and and when we actually do the transition to craft, um, uh, Michael, I probably will actually contact you and see if you want to do anything. How, how many months heads up do you want? Um, half a month or so would be great. I'll give you at least a month. How about that? Be luxurious, purely luxurious. I want to make sure that your schedule is cleared. Now, Jonathan, I know you're a little bit sick, so I want to give you a shot if you got anything that you want to talk about or if you'd rather just, you know, <laughs> just curl up and die somewhere. Well, I'm definitely curled up. I'm not quite dead yet, so I think I will preserve my energy. But, uh, yeah, it's been a fun year, and uh, I guess I'll just end it by saying this is something I've always wanted to ask Ryan about. So I am actually the number one fan of uh, eeinsider.com. I, I check it every single day. And <laughs> since 2016, I've been very disappointed. And so I was hoping maybe we could get an update on uh, what's what's going on. Yeah, what's, what's going on with it, Every Ryan? day, it's just nonstop disappointment. I used Ryan. to refresh maybe a couple of times a day, too. But it's, <laughs> That's, you refresh as much as you want because that is running off an S3 bucket. So, <laughs> but where's the new content, Ryan? What's I'm sorry. Where's there's no the there's no CMS. There's no more. There's no new content. Sorry. Mm. Actually, well, does, does anybody theory. does anybody know the scoop on ex the expression engine open source transition? Because I saw that yesterday, and it sort of hit me out of out of nowhere. Like, where did that come from, and what does that mean? Does anybody have an inside track on that? So I, I have informed opinions, but I'll let someone yeah. else go first. Oh, I've got a speculation, but I'm happy to speculate all day. Okay, uh, Patrick, you got anything you want to say on it? Are you looking forward to it? Do you not care? What's the deal? I, I mean, so I'll first I'll say, you know, I'm grateful Expression Engine just because it, it let me get away from working for a, a really great agency, but a, a .NET agency, mm -hmm. go out on my own, become a freelancer. Ryan's nice. online. His Majingo videos were part of that, like... Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it you know, it was such a huge part, I think, for a, a number of us and many of us in the craft ecosystem that, you know, I don't want to cheer on what looks like it may be, you know, having to take a step back and maybe commercially, you know, selling licenses isn't the best way for them to bring in revenue. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's an interesting play. I mean, it may mean that they're just right now licensing and, and having to support those licenses, you know, what comes along and the expectation just doesn't make sense for them. Um, personally, it's not the right CMS for me anymore. I, I couldn't see myself going back to the templating language. 
just you know once you've gone twig um once you've been able to say you know set var equal to five and not have to use a plugin for that right uh, I, I, I would literally <laughs> become a farmer before i would go back to that. yeah so i mean it's it's tough i mean i wish them the best but it, it's not the right choice for me anymore yeah, yeah i think I, you can you can do, see it from a, a a cynical you know side which is like they're you know it's like a sign of like the end or you could maybe say nobody really knows like has insight you could say well maybe they're actually doing well enough off of support agreements that they've decided to adopt like the acquia model of just you know not selling anything except services and that's you know how it works it, i honestly don't know like you know like i i have like i have like a, a sort of feedback from people around me but yeah, I think most people around me are pretty biased, you know. In yeah, terms and, of the, and yeah, is you this can the like EE insider uh, information, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if only we had the EE insider on the call. <laughs> and like, you know, I know at one point, you know, Pixel and Tonic. And I think Brandon talked about this on Crafts. Like, there has been the discussion of could or should Craft go completely open source. The right. difference there is that they have the plugin store, and so if Craft could go massively large, you know, and then monetize based on a percentage of plugin sales that may make sense um yeah i think you know for expression engine it may be a little bit tougher if it's going to be just support um and it looks like they're trying to do some partnership type stuff but yeah i think for craft it, it seems like a more viable you know if they ever did go open source there there's that plugin store and i know today you got probably you know 80 dollars from me uh uh, Andrew and nice. you know, Pixel and Tonic got a little cut of that, whatever the percentage is, and you know, so they're able to see revenue. 100%. Yeah, yeah, even without you know a license sale. So I think you know, if oh, I see, a, made, I see a little bump on my graph. It says there Patrick. Yeah, yeah, a couple <laughs> hours ago, that was me. I also so, think I also think having a successful open source project that maybe th that people get behind and rally behind and support also requires being like. Well, maybe not requires, but I think it helps if you have a, you're sort of like forward thinking in terms of your technology and implementation. The new hotness. The new hotness. Well, I don't think it has it to be to the be. new hotness, but I think it has to be something that's, um, you know, Michael was just like raving about, you know, Yi 2 and sort of how much easier that I means. That's the kind of stuff that gets people that are putting in the long hours, you know, uh, coding stuff that support the community right. fired up. And if it's not there and... Like I don't want to question whether it's not there, but I feel like that the platform expression engine itself is definitely not where, in terms, especially on the templating side, is not anywhere close to where Twig is. Right. Well, I'll give you my kind of hot take on it. So, first of all, I I think it's a truism that it's exceedingly rare um, that anyone changes a business model that is spectacularly successful. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean really, it's just it's a reality. If something is working incredibly well. Um, usually people don't revisit it and, and try to change business models. Um, so if I had to guess, and this is a, a guess because I don't know, I would say that the revenue that they make from their uh, service license agreements, their SLAs and support contracts and uh, that type of stuff, that revenue probably exceeds by a decent margin the money that they make by selling new licenses to their product. And they said, you know what? We're making the bulk of our money doing service and support for legacy stuff um, and maybe even, you know, custom dev work. Who knows? Uh, we might as well just open source this and maybe uh, maybe it'll become more popular. You know, I, I think that that is probably the route that they're going with it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that seems that seems right. And the other I, thing that I, I will be very up, interested to see that, like to see where what they're going for business model wise. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I think they'd be remiss not to look into doing their own first party plugin store. I mean, there's not one now. I think it's still devotee is the way that that all happens. Um, I feel like that. And yeah, there's some conversations on Craft Slack about devotee and. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think if they took that in house, that would again help them. And Masuga still owns that, right? Yeah, he does. But it, you know, it sounds like it's not uh, what he wants to do. Maybe long term. Um, I think it, it probably hasn't been a cash cow for him for a while. Uh, yeah. And so much work, like you know, I think anything like that is a lot of work that goes into that. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it, you know, I, I could see if they went with a first party plugin store, they could do some things, and who knows. I, I definitely I, don't take the the like cynical DOA view on this yet. Like Expression Engine still has a giant user base. We still even use it occasionally. Um, and the progress in their like their code base over the last couple of years has been amazing. So like I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have nothing that tells me they're down for the count yet, which seems to be the prevailing opinion. Um, but, but I'm just very interested to, to see long-term, like what, what business model they are, they're, I don't think they're, I don't think they're down for the count. I'm not taking a super pessimistic view on it either. I mean, I honestly, I don't really care either way. I was never that invested in that CMS or community, but I do think that they're just being pragmatic about it. You know, I mean, I think that the, you know, our money is coming from over here. Let's focus on over there. And if we open source it, who knows? You know, maybe we'll be able to to grow the mind share and and kind of you know stem or plug some of those leaks that have been going on in terms of you know because I, I I talk to people every day that are like you know oh we used to do this on Expression Engine and and uh, you know we were talking in uh, the the Craft Slack and granted it's the Craft Slack but uh, you know Nevin was on there and he's like yeah we get it all the time where customers are coming to us saying that we want to upgrade from EE to Craft or whatever so. I mean, I think that that's probably what's going on is that they they probably still do have a pretty nice source of revenue. And I don't think the product is dead by any means, but they took a realistic view at it and they said, look, this is where most of our money comes. Let's focus on that. Let's open source it. Maybe people will contribute, you know, uh, maybe we'll get some contracts that we couldn't get before because they required open source licenses. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, another thing too now is you get to compare Expression Engine to other open source free CMSs, which in my experience, which isn't vast at all using free open source, you know, CMSs, the expression is going to crush those. I mean, what's the, the most popular one is WordPress by far, right? So right. you're talking about now he is EE out of the box smashes WordPress, like in every way. Maybe it changes uh, the, how they're lined up when there's those side-by-side comparisons where, yeah. where expression engine now gets that also free open source label along with WordPress. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of interest, I guess, going into the the community association as well, which is also the the new hotness that that I guess they announced it at EEConf. Um so And what is that? I don't know what that is. It's like it's like um my impression is that it's sort of like the craft pro net, except it's not first party. Like it's a a community org that is actually like legally an entity the expression engine community association or something and this is 
the organization that is uh, in charge of running EEConf and uh, in charge of maintaining and running this like membership directory. And I, I'm not sure how like Ellis Lab is leveraging this new membership program to like. So I, I, I read on there that they're not related at all, Michael. Michael, you cut out not? for a second. Yeah, they're not related at all. It's a uh, the organization that runs this is a totally separate entity from Ellis Labs. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like uh, kind of like the I don't know Expression Engine Freemasons, <laughs> you know, where you <laughs> you you pay uh, your yearly dues and you're you're kind of in the group, you know, uh, is kind of what it seemed like. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whatever it'll be uh, to me, this is really I don't know, not really a big deal. It's more of like a, a curiosity and. A, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, you know? Yeah. For for me, um, it is it is kind of a big deal because of how much legacy momentum Expression Engine has and just what a huge user base and install base they have. Like to be joining the ranks of free open source software is like ecosystem wise, I think a a quite a big deal. Yeah, I, it, it is, but I I think Ryan made a really good point that you know for a, an open source project to really take off, it's got to be associating itself with with something you know new and exciting and a, a project that feels very modern. And I don't know, I'm just not getting any of that from EE. What would be you know? the what would be to challenge my own my own uh, uh, opinion there? But what would be like the the version of that for WordPress would it just be it's it's the ease of use and just how quickly it, could be, it became so ubiquitous? Like, what would be WordPress's? Because we all know, like behind the scenes, WordPress can be kind of a nightmare from a development perspective. Yeah, because it lets you know your average person just like do stuff with it. You can just plug in a theme. You can download and install plugins. And I, I've seen some people who are definitely not web developers like hack together a website using WordPress, yeah, right. you know, but I, I really think that those kind of websites are going to get crushed and they're going to get crowded out um, by services like Squarespace and right. Webflow and all of those. So I really think that the biggest thing that WordPress has going for it is momentum and mindshare because mindshare more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the, the lower end sites, like your people are just going to be using a service to put those things up because it's just way easier than dealing with, you know, PHP, even though they'll, they'll spin up a site for you and all that. I don't know. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but don't, don't ever under underestimate mindshare and momentum. Yeah. Know? Well, because like you make a good point, the, the value case for WordPress makes a lot more sense in the historical context of like 2004 yeah. than it than it does in the age of Squarespace, right? Like back when setting up a CMS was a, you know, multi-month long custom in-house development hurdle, like WordPress comes along and is like, you can copy this directory of files to your server and run the script and then you have a website. Right. And that you, was you, know, you have a blog. Okay. <laughs> you which, don't have a which, website yet. You have a blog. Which was the only kind of website worth having in two thousand four. Like right. Um, right. You know, but let me log back into my MySpace account. But but nowadays uh that that same use case is is being solved by Wix and Squarespace and and, and whatever else. But and enough about the old stuff, right? So I'm I'm interested to hear 
if anyone here is looking into anything new, interesting, and exciting, um, I know Patrick, you you kind of sound like you're all excited about this Gatsby thing. Is that true? Yeah, I'm excited for Gatsby. Uh, just I've always wanted to get things onto a CDN. Uh, you know, go more in terms of separating my front end from my back end. Um, yeah, but I don't know the way that you have to do that and doing all the silly stuff with server side rendering and what is it pre render? Like I, I don't want to have server to, side pre render. I, yeah. I don't want to have to. You, you have a headache just thinking about it. Yeah, like I I, I don't want to be spending my time having to manage all that. Um, Gatsby does so much of that for you. It does all the nice SPA stuff. It just outputs HTML and CSS for you. It, it um, does web workers for you. It does so many things for you. And it actually hooks up to you know a real data source powered by GraphQL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyone who hasn't yet should definitely go back and listen to that. Um, I think it was one or two episodes ago. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for it. This project that I'm hoping to use it on would be a craft commerce project. So we get into some of Interesting. Yeah, what someone else was saying where managing the cart and doing sessions. So the idea is that all that stuff would still happen um, client side and we do be doing calls back to some place where it would actually hold the user session for managing the cart and all that, um, but have all of the marketing end of it, all of that fun stuff uh, on a CDN and output by Gatsby. Um, so here, here's what I wonder about it. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, all I've ever done with it is dink around with it in local dev yep. to play around with it. But every time that I've used um, a system like this, it's incredible until I reach a certain point. And then it's really, really painful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the stuff that it takes care of for you out of the box is like just amazing. And you can't believe, you know, how quickly you're able to do all this stuff that it would take forever for you to do before, et cetera, et cetera. But most of the time, um, when I look at the the project at the end of the day, it hasn't it doesn't always reduce the amount of time I've had to spend on it. It just kind of moves where I've had to spend it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like getting it to, and and maybe this is not the case with Gatsby. So I'm just kind of talking in generalities, but like getting it to 80% might take you 10% of the time, but maybe that last, last 20% is going to be as much or more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're trying a a really small pilot project first to do it. Um, Yeah. The, the idea is that we would actually not have craft live out uh, anywhere near the production instance. So it wouldn't be like you go into, you know, admin.site.com and, um, you know, there's a, an event listening for any entry to be updated or asset to be updated and it, it fires off and rebuilds Gatsby. The idea is that would happen in an authoring environment, which some clients, especially in the financial and, and health sector actually would like a lot more that they get to see what the site looks like in a separate environment and then push it all at once because right. they you know they also may want to be able to say on any given date what did the site look like if someone ever tries to say hey you used to make this claim on on your website they want to be able to say no here's our archive of the site on that day um and yeah the idea there would be that we run an authoring site we'd probably lose live preview and all that but well they're working on a service for that and that was one of the things that yeah. they mentioned that as, you know, as a way for them to make revenue, that they were going to offer a live preview service, you know, so you would be able to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, even, even um, you know, like Craft's real live preview, for example, you know, where Craft has the iframe and as you type in, it's rebuilding. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, live preview with a capital L and capital P, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you know. 
Yeah, so I mean, the idea would be that they would build the site out, they could proof it in an, in an authoring environment, and then either with an rsync or whatever, we push it up onto the CDN uh, when they you know hit some button in the dashboard. That's the idea. Um, yeah, it, you know, we'll see. It, my my hope is that I will probably be spending a lot more time building it early on, but then later on, we don't have to worry so much about high availability and having to do. This is a site that would be both in the U.S. and in the EU, so we don't have to worry about anything like that. Um, is it is it changing very often or no? No, not a whole lot. I mean, it sounds like yeah. a good candidate. Yeah, yeah, you know, the only part that would definitely be uh, changing, I think, would be the you know the commerce part. They'd be handling orders through it, um, sure. and that's uh, you know where we're probably going to spend a lot of time is just doing all that completely um, through JS in terms of you know getting the cart and setting the cart and 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 all that fun stuff. Right. Cool. Well, I mean, as you folks know, something that I've been working on a lot lately is some Webpack stuff. And Patrick, you were making fun <laughs> of me. You said you, you looked at it and what would you say? You're on, you're on chapter page 43, three. I think. Yeah, I'm up oh, to right. 46 now. <laughs> yeah. Right. You broke it down. And it did, now, did anyone actually read it or did you just like <laughs> scroll by it? Yeah, I read Michael, it. Michael, you're my only hope. I did read you it. actually read, you read the whole okay. thing? <laughs> or do you skim it? Did you read it or did you skim it? Well, I skimmed it and then I read it. When did you last read it? Because I updated it. Um, You're gonna have to read it again. Reread it, yeah. See, I, that's I, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for the final draft. Yeah, I read through. I read through like half of it. The when you sent it to me the night before you published it, oh, okay. and then I read. Then I skimmed it and read it like the morning after. Oh, okay. Um, when did you update it? Because I might need to print it out again. <laughs> I actually am trying to see if anyone owns warandpeace.com and I can just redirect over there. Oh my god. No, someone does, but it's, a, you know. it's crap that I get for it. So what it, what they're making fun of me of is for on my blog, I've got this really long thing on Webpack and yeah, I mean, Michael, you get the the general idea from a couple of things I added to it like I added a nice diagram so people could understand the way everything kind of stacked together and then I added some more real world code examples for using twig pack with it but anyway live on air give it to me straight what'd you think go ahead michael um i'm super excited actually and i'm so grateful that you did uh so much like feeling out work that i don't have to do um i'm <laughs> i'm super excited because uh, you know on my plugins i'm starting to uh to bring in little Vue.js apps in the the UIs for my craft plugins and and so I have been following your work in that space very carefully but also like most of our our site builds are still using our sort of stock gulp setup which is super nice and I like it a lot but eventually I think we uh, will will want to update it to to kind of the the new industry standard. And I think Webpack is, is sort of becoming that industry standard as far as, you know, front end tooling is concerned. And so, you know, I had previously followed your Webpack stuff, uh, especially in your plugins, because I'm doing similar <laughs> things in my plugins. But, right. but then this, you know, you dropped this article uh, and it was like, oh, well, geez, now that Andrew did all the work, you know, maybe this is a good time to move our, our entire agency's front end tooling over. Uh, Perfect. Time. So yeah, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Well, it, you know, 
you do the expression engine migrations and I'll do this stuff, right? <laughs> and then Deal. we'll be happy. We'll Deal. be happy working together on it. But no, where, where this came out of is I, I've been, I've used Webpack on and off for a little while, but honestly didn't really completely understand it in terms of how it worked. And then Jonathan and I have a couple of projects coming up and we're like, look, these are sizable projects. Let's take the time to, to reassess what we're using for our front end tooling. And I thought it was a good idea to try and do it formalized in this way because if nothing else like now every can every uh website configuration that we have like it's already documented <laughs> you know what i mean like right. yeah there it is there's the docs for for everything that's there but i i think whether you know whatever build tool you use like i don't think it matters that much where it starts to play a role is if you start do, using more like react or view or, or whatever it is then you are going to want to be using something like Webpack because it just makes stuff easier, you know? Um, and that's what I've been doing. So it wasn't like an arbitrary, let's use this new shiny object kind of thing. It was more driven by the type of work that we are planning, are doing and are planning to do that we decided to to do. Right. And and for our early, you know, early-ish Vue.js work, for example, uh, it was perfectly sufficient to run like Webpack, just for Vue inside of our Gulp workflow. And that, sure. was, that was fine. But, but I feel like both Webpack and the industry have evolved, uh, especially in the last you know, 14 months or so, uh, to where... And I want to hear your take on this, Michael, because okay. something that has also happened recently is that... So there are tools like, there are tools like Nuxt, right? And there's also the Vue CLI came out with Vue CLI 3, which actually is amazing, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So at what point, like when do you decide that you're going to use a a layer on top of Webpack? And when do you think it makes sense for you to actually learn Webpack? Or I'm going to give you another option. Does it make sense to learn Webpack at least to some extent before you layer a tool on top of it? Oh, gosh. Okay, so those are... Two very separate questions. I have always been a very loud proponent of like starting from first principles and fundamental systems. So like I think everybody ought to build their own Nginx server before they go use Forge to do it. Um, and I and I think everybody ought to like spin up some basic gulp setup or webpack setup or whatever before they go copy yours but you but you get the developer at an but, agency and their their boss is like the site has to go live in three weeks right so you know? so then what it's it's a real double-edged sword though because yes you know maybe you can just take some boilerplate off the shelf and deploy it and it works and that's great but later when something doesn't work it right. will cost you dearly right because it it feels much different to delay that site launch by 16 hours as it does to have your e-commerce site down for 16 hours because you can't fix it right like it feels it you know it feels bad to slow down up front but it feels worse when you didn't and then it came back to to haunt you and so like I, that's why I, I encourage people to not get too far into the new hotness in production before they, and I'm not saying that you need to go like 
be an expert, like really deeply master a thing, but you need to at least have enough lay of the land on something's, you know, makeup and philosophy and internal functioning that when something starts to go wrong, you have some intuition of where to look and why it might be happening. Um, Oh, this is, it's awesome that I have Earl here for this. Earl, what's that movie that it's set, it's set in the future? Mm-hmm. And people become so so dumb they don't even understand the oh, tech- idiocracy. Idiocracy, yeah, right. It, it's kind of what, like what you're saying, Michael. Right, like idiocracy, where you don't want to get to the point where you're using so many layers of stuff that you have no idea what's going on or how to fix it. Yeah, right? the, the counterpoint to that though is like if it really does do exactly what you need, and and it's not like an eighty percent tool that you have to get to a hundred percent, but it is. It is what you need to accomplish what you are doing right now. Um, then, then that's when you bring in a layer on top of something, you know, an, an abstraction layer or a boilerplate layer. Um, is is when it gives you what you need. And so, like, if you're doing something super straightforward in Vue, then go grab the like Vue CLI and don't feel bad about doing that. Um, but really, you know make sure that that is it's going to fit the use case uh before you do it just for the sake of oh this is done and ready and someone else did the work and now i'm going to use it like make sure that it actually is what you need the other movie it reminds me of i think it's wally where there there are a bunch of people that are oh it's a great movie but there are a bunch of people on a spaceship and they're just like sitting in a chair yeah drinking slushies and stuff like that yeah that's wally Patrick, it sounds like you want to just sit in the chair and drink the slushy. Is that true? <laughs> don't we all? With, with, Gats, with yeah. Gatsby doing it for you? What's the deal? No, I just, you know, I don't want to go and, you know, write assembly or anything. I just want to, st- you know, write, <laughs> build the stuff where I'm going to add the most value. I, you know, yeah. I, that makes sense. Yeah. WebAssembly is coming to Webpack near you. It's actually already there. You can already deploy WebAssembly. And it's slower than JavaScript. There was just a really good write up on it the other day. Yeah. Uh, it's well, only like if you're porting C or C++ stuff over, they were seeing the real benefits. Well, of course. I mean, that makes sense. Or Rust. Right. right? So are, um, are, are we off of the, the length of this article? Because I, I just, it took a while for me to drag my mouse and copy and paste, but I put it into a time to read calculator. <laughs> <laughs> the file trees. What do we think? Price is right. Closest without going over a number of minutes to read the web pack. And that's just to read the words. That's not to understand it or... The, the website says five minutes right at the top. So I'm going to go. Instapaper I, says 46 minutes. That was my mind. Mine was like 40. I was in the 40 range. Look, I, I believe that whoever, whoever made this website five is very minutes. trustworthy. I believe the five minutes. How did you get five minute? Re- oh, you need to check that plug in. I can't even, I can't even scroll from top to bottom of this page in five minutes. Yeah. I got 92 oh, right. minutes on the one that I was. 92 minutes. Yeah, you need to be, you need to be using the, uh, the read time function from wordsmith. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what, read, actually, what read time function you're using, but. Do they uh, all say five minutes? Yes, that's it's just that. <laughs> it's an inside joke that it's now been revealed to the world. But yes, I, I look at it too, and I'm like, oh, five minutes. I can spare five minutes. <laughs> it works. Oh. I just I thought it was dumb, honestly. Like a lot of these, these reading time things. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to hard code five minutes. In. Oh, that rules. 
So nobody noticed until I wrote this absurdly <laughs> long one where they're like, no way. There's no way that that could be in five minutes. I, I, don't I believe definitely it. have noticed before that your articles are longer than five minutes. It has just never <laughs> occurred to me that exactly all of them suffer from this situation. Because <laughs> who would do something like that? Honestly. <laughs> I mean, really, you know? Ryan, what about you? Where do you – you actually like looked at this thing? Did you scroll through it? I looked at it. I scrolled through it. Um, but what? No. <laughs> but what I realized was that I got to um, the links you posted about just sort of getting more familiar with Webpack and what you should do. And I realized that I wanted to to brush up on some of the fundamentals before I jumped in. Yeah, that makes sense. And it made me. I mean, I'm glad you put that in there because uh, there's a lot of people that will just kind of try to replicate or duplicate what you have, and then not not actually like figure out the fundamentals and that causes all sorts of pain now what they will really do is send you is email they'll replicate what's there yeah and then yeah. They'll, they'll either right on slack they'll, they'll yeah or in comments on the blog or something like this right. doesn't work can you fix this for me <laughs> like um no yeah <laughs> definitely not <sighs> so anybody else got anything that they want to chime in on here no, I think it's. I went back and I was listening to that uh, first episode from a year ago, and it was a lot of yeah. fun to listen to. Uh, yeah, you, know, you look at the time when we recorded it, and at that point, Craft CMS RC one had just been released, maybe in the right. before. And it's funny we're talking about how oh, it's a release candidate. Maybe this is ready for release, and no, it took a little while longer. Um, <laughs> there were many release candidates, but uh, Craft three is so much better. Um, yeah, it's been a big year um, between, what, two dot-alls. I haven't been able to make it yet, but two dot-alls, craft... That's right. You didn't go to either one, I did you? E- well, the first one... You, I, do you have an e-based business or something? What's that? Is your business based on expression engine or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you from Tennessee right now. No, Are uh, you doing a hostile takeover wow. of EE Insider? No. <laughs> <laughs> I try no, to hook into just... my, my uh, S3 bucket. No, timing has just been tough in terms of making two trips out to the Pacific Northwest or making it to Berlin. By the time I thought I was going to be able to go to the last dot all, uh, the, the flights were just outrageous. Um, well, anyone who set it up to Montreal, I've got I got a space you can flop at. You know, on your <laughs> I'm, way. I'm coming. All right, well, well noted. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's just like thematically interesting to look at how far evolved our concept of what a website even is right like has moved since even just a year ago oh yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. and and you know the the coming of age of graphql and craftql and static generators and um yeah, this is why i'm going so hard into alexa stuff um is is like i think the concept of a web page is a thing built in HTML that you look at on a screen. I think that concept is not long for the world. And and just looking at the last year, it's astonishing to me just how far just our concept of what is a website has come in 12 months. If you look at uh, how far it's come in the last, how, how much has changed in the last 10 years since the iPhone came out, 11 years? Right, like it used oh, to be, yeah. you had to sit down, you know, get your mouse out, and and you know, turn on your computer and browse around. And now it's just you, you can whip out of your your phone out of your pocket and have everything you need. But in a different, there's it's a different view on the web, similar to like you're talking about with Alexa, right? It's it's not much right. different than that. It's just a different view. 
Yeah, that's it. That is an excellent way to wrap up the show. That about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. To have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS feed or subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at devmode.fm. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Hopefully we'll be with you for many, many more years to come. Just leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Earl Johnston. I'm Patrick Harrington. I'm Michael Rogg. Ryan Ireland. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>